0: Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland on the short week. Quick turnaround for the New York Jets after taking on the Detroit Lions. Unfortunately, losing the game now, the green and white. 500 on the year, 7-7, welcoming in a Jacksonville Jaguars team that Cynthia, very much liked the Detroit Lions last week, very hot right now. 4-2 in their last six. Before we get into the matchup specifically from just like an like a bird's eye view. What have you seen from this Jacksonville team that's enabled them to turn it around pretty quickly?
1: Play action, passing, play action, passing. That's the answer. Um, if you, if you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, he's since week nine, something happened and they figured out the play action worked for them. Why? Well, what, what am I looking at here? Well, he's only thrown one interception since that time. In fact, before last week, he had the longest streak going of no interceptions. So that's interesting. It was like 10 to nothing, 10 touchdowns to zero interceptions so that's good why does this work 74 percent completion percentage using play action now where does travis etn run mm, great question that question really helps outside runs which by the way the jets defense they are the best at limiting outside runs negative 55 rushing yards over expected a lot so The answer is play action that comes off of efficient running and efficient rushing that typically has come from outside the tackles, rushes, where, by the way, ETN's like number six in Monks running back since week nine and rushing yards over expected on those outside runs. But again, Jets all season long not allowing those runs.
0: All right, we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence in the second quarter. Naturally, he's been playing out of his mind to your point, but let's just start with Zach Wilson in the first quarter because Robert Sala said it will indeed be Zach Wilson again starting against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That makes it his second consecutive start. Kind of a weird game for Zach against the Lions because he goes over 300 passing yards. He had a lot of chunk plays, but it also felt like there were spurts of when the office of the offense, not the office, but I guess the offense's office is MetLife Stadium, which they will be again on Thursday. But It felt like the offense was kind of lacking consistency, although it was hitting some explosive plays. What did you make of the way that the offense came together with Zach last week?
1: I mean, Zach had a nice game. Like, it wasn't his fault that anything didn't go the Jets' way. So, it was interesting when you look at this one. Obviously, injuries to the running backs, that one took a toll because that just like I talked about with, you know, when we talk about Trevor Lawrence, we – we want to talk about play action and the ability to run and this was the first time we hadn't seen efficient running in, in a little bit of a time in fact it's like the first time the lions held the team to a low passing number or rushing number rather in like all of their games this season so that was that that injury made a big difference however i'm going to give garrett wilson a bunch of credit here because his ability to run different routes and be effective and efficient and be where the quarterback's expecting is really really profound and makes a big difference for Zach Wilson those deep passes 10 plus air yard plays he caught four of them for over 90 yards like that was a really big help for this team and by the way Garrett Wilson if you're looking for like reasons to tell your friends why he should be your offensive rookie of the year he's got at least four passes on nine different routes in the route tree so most rookie receivers, you see maybe two or three, just a more limited number. They, like, have their things. They You know, they line up only the slot and they do whatever. They line up out wide and they do another thing, right? But Garrett Wilson's been super versatile and from every level of the field. So that's where Zach Wilson really got help because they found the mismatch on a deeper pass. And they're like, okay, just you, that one, good. And it really helped Zach Wilson out.
0: And Garrett Wilson, four receptions, 98 yards, did not find the end zone. In consecutive weeks now, he's broken Jets rookie receiver records. He broke Keyshawn Johnson's rookie receiving record at Buffalo in terms of a single season. Then he broke Wayne Crabette's single season receptions record as a rookie with four receptions last week against Detroit. The next thing that he needs to check off would be 1,000 yards. He'd be the first Jets rookie receiver to do that. Right now he's at 966. Definitely very feasible against a Jacksonville defense that, again, th- this game feels like eerily similar, I feel like, Cynthia, from a statistics standpoint. And from a Jets offense vantage point, Detroit's defense wasn't all that in a bag of chips. You liked when I said that last week, so I had to bring it back. And Zach Wilson, 317 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. But Jacksonville's defense feels like it's kind of the same in the same stratosphere as Detroit's in terms of the amount of yards they let up. So what's different between the two of them that maybe is unique to their scheme?
1: Well, the biggest difference, and we're going to start with a stat and then we'll get into why. The stat is that the Lions are causing turnovers. They had the longest streak in the NFL, 13 turnovers and 13 games. The Jags aren't doing that as efficiently and effectively. The Jags are winning because Trevor Lawrence is being effective and their offense is winning them games. And whereas the Lions were really like, their offense was already good and their defense just got ratcheted up just a little bit better to, to help them out. So when I'm looking at this defense, they have started to intermittently bring a lot. Like some games, it's a lot more pressure. A different Josh Allen will be bringing the heat in this one, not the – I love the same name ones. I think like the Bills should trade for Josh Allen so that we could have all, just confuse everyone, <laughs> especially because you know Michael Carter on this team. Whatever, of course. So, same same name players is my favorite, but you know they've been they've been able to bring the heat intermittently, but they're really targetable in different areas. Like I go back and watch that Cowboys game and look where C. D. Lamb was effective. I understand that the Cowboys lost, but. When you look at C.D. Lamb on intermediate routes, that was an area where you could exploit, which means good things for Garrett Wilson because, you know, I think C.D. Lamb was like four for 94, I think it was. It was over 90 yards on intermediate targets, 10 to 19 air yard attempts, and he was really efficient there, which means they're targeting a different level of the defense. When they're seeing something, they're saying, okay, well, we're, we're going to, to use a different level because C.D. Lamb is quite versatile as well. So the point being is there's areas to exploit in this secondary for sure.
0: Well, I do think that to your point, like yes, the Cowboys lost. They still put up 34 points, and not to mention Correct, like, right. guys like Ceedee Lamb. To your point, he finished the game with seven catches, 126 yards. Dak completed 76.7 percent of his passes on 30. You don't attempts. lose when that happens. Yeah, I, exactly. And and the Jets defense. I mean, I guess you wouldn't imagine the Dallas Cowboys to let up 40 points either. But you would you would think that something would, would have gone horribly wrong from a Jets defensive perspective to allow 40 points considering how well the Jets defense has done the past couple weeks specifically. And even in the Detroit game, I mean, they let up one touchdown and it just was the worst timing possible for the Jets on the fourth and one. So the Jets did a great job defensively speaking. But to wrap up the first quarter about Zach Wilson, this week, short week... No real practice. You know, both teams conduct walkthroughs. What do you expect from Zach Wilson in what will be the number one overall pick from 2021 and the number two overall pick from 2021 in a rematch of last year's game? Which, by the way, Zach Wilson had a 52-yard touchdown run.
1: I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah, I I don't think so either. I just wanted to put it out there.
1: I hope that doesn't happen because like that would mean some weird things like like let's get the run game going here so I think the thing some things to to really look at I think like we saw something pretty cool from cJ uzama like the tight end position became more and more valuable in this game I do think that one will continue to pick up so I think targeting different levels of their defense that are specifically tailored to problem areas. But now we saw, you were like, oh, Uzama. I, I see you, bro. Like, it's there. So, I, I think that's what we'll see. And I think different, you Now, obviously, I don't know about you, but I don't know who's exactly healthy from the run situation. And as soon as, as soon as we kind of get an understanding of who's actually going to be available then the run game will be a big and important factor in this one because like I said the Jags have been able to bring the heat on some plays it's they're not the number one pressure defense in the league or anything but they are able to bring pressure and that will be a key factor and by the way both of these teams are really looking like this is like this is might as well be a playoff game because this could really determine who goes to the postseason
0: yeah, this is a huge game in terms of playoff implications. The Jets at 7-7, seven and seven, the Jaguars at 6-8. and eight. And for the Jets, I mean, the narrative has always been, since Sunday, like, nah, it's do or die. Like, you, the Jets have to try to win out to really control their own destiny as much as they can. And DJ Reed, I think, said it best. He was like, we didn't want other teams to have, like, a say in our destiny where you're like, you're hoping for this, you're hoping for that. And unfortunately for the Jets, that – is now the case after losing to the Lions which brings us to the second quarter because if the Jets want a chance to win this game they have to limit Trevor Lawrence to your point he was so good since week 9 he leads the league in completion percentage and passer rating it feels like the Jaguars have found their franchise quarterback when you look at it from a statistic standpoint and, and I mean like surface level statistics what about furthermore than that like what makes him so good specifically since week nine and on whatever click for him is clearly working
1: yeah i think part of what they're doing shifts and motions shifts and motions. wow that was bad english fifth of a, <laughs> shifts and motions there we go the words are coming out of my mouth so shifts and motions are very helpful for young quarterbacks in in being able to diagnose defenses right is it man is it not man is it so like what am i looking at here and being in more manageable downs and distances because of that Almost forty or seventy-four percent completion percentage using play action that has really allowed him to start seeing the defense in a way where he can pick the right receiver to target. In last week's game, it was clearly Zay Jones three times in the end zone. So when I'm looking at when I'm looking at what he's done well, um, you know when they okay I'm going to say this and then we have to do an asterisk here because the Cowboys last week when they didn't blitz, Trevor Lawrence was like. Peace out, three touchdowns. We're all good. Like, no, don't even try. The blitz was where he threw the pick. But it is a totally different – their scheme, Dan Quinn's defense, totally different than what we're going to see from Robert Sala. So, like, the fact that the Jets can blanket the secondary, that is a big, like, helpful note for the Jets' defense. It won't look the same. The Jets are pressuring at 30.4%. Um, this year which is fourth best in the NFL they they rarely need to blitz they they would rather leave the defensive backs back there that is a better strategy in part because now you have to remember they'll be without their left tackle Cam Robinson so being able to one we talked about it stop that outside zone that outside run from Travis Etienne or whoever the runner may be and two get pressure which now without Cam Robinson becomes a lot more manageable for the Jets, that, that's the two ways to do it. Because Trevor Lawrence still has pretty significant splits when he's under pressure versus when he's not under pressure. You just have to remember that blitz doesn't always equal pressure, right? It's a, it's an attempt at pressure, but it's not. it doesn't always mean pressure. And often, if you can bring pressure with four, the quarterback is forced to be in the pocket, maybe out of the pocket. Think about it a little bit. Hold on to the ball for a long time. And that's where we've seen Trevor Lawrence have some uh, some his passer rating goes down significantly.
0: Yeah, I think that it's very important to keep in mind two players. One is Quinn Williams, obviously with the calf strain. We'll see what his status is. Robert Sala said the Jets are going to take it up pretty much till kickoff or till game time. The other player comes from the Jacksonville side. It's Cam Robinson's replacement. That's Walker Little, who is a decorated player out of high school, had an up and down career out of and Stanford. Then he's a second round pick for the Jags, and he's been their swing tackle. Now he's going to play. For Cam Robinson. So this is Carl Lawson versus Walker Little. If you're a Jets fan, you're imagining advantage Lawson here. And to Cynthia's point, that needs to be the case for the Jets to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Now, in terms of his receiving core and just the options around him, Cynthia, Robert Sala said that there's a lot of speed there. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a lot of new faces. When you think of Christian Kirk, obviously, that was the big ticket free agent that everyone was surprised at the contract he got. Evan Ingram... The former Giant joins the Jaguars, the tight end. Then you're looking at, I know Travis Etienne was a rookie last year with Lawrence, but he was out all last year, so he's essentially a new player there. Zay Jones, and then Marvin Jones has been the guy there for a couple years. Is this like a sneaky good core around Trevor Lawrence? Because it feels like they have a lot of pieces that maybe were overlooked at the beginning of the year just because of the way the Jags were playing.
1: I think that they're... I'm going to call them sneaky good but I think the thing that's even more important is the stylistic fit. We saw this in Philadelphia when Doug Peterson had Carson Wentz. It sounds wild to say this but I mean there were like rumblings of like Carson Wentz MVP like it like that was that was real. Yeah. I didn't make that up, you know? So part of what was going on during that stretch was a multitude of different pass catchers and Carson Wentz was spreading the ball around. He didn't have like like it was like four or five different guys who had, like, a significant number of yards and catches or whatever. It wasn't just, like, funneling it to one person or maybe even two. It was really, like, spreading the ball around. And that was a real key. If you notice, when Trevor Lawrence has started to really pick things up, it's now he understands. These are my different reads. This is my different checks. This is my different, you know, these are the different options that I have on every single play and the multitude of pass catchers. So, yes, it's it's more that it's a stylistic fit. Like, I wouldn't say, like, plug and play any quarterback into this system and you'd have the same like results. I think they're, they're really figuring out like, meaning like, put a different coach there, like, and they didn't have that same style. It probably wouldn't look the same. So you have to give Doug Peterson a lot of credit for finding the right guys that kind of fit because any one of those guys uh, in and of themselves, I mean, we were kind of like, I mean, look, Christian Kirk's contract, like we were, we we weren't wrong to say it was huge for without knowing, right? Like, but Okay, they paid it. Great, that's sunk cost now, right? But at the end of the day, it's not like you're adding Tyreek Hill, who right. his speed and yak ability is just, it is game-changing. So it, none of these guys in and of themselves are game-changing, but the sum of the parts has really fit Doug Peterson's style, and now Trevor Lawrence can execute it. That's how I would mathematically say it, but in words.
0: The only thing I was going to say to end the second quarter was that Christian Kirk's 966 yards is, ironically, the same exact as Garrett Wilson. I noticed anyway, that. Anyway, that's halftime. So let, let's let's rip the Band-Aid off here, Cynthia. Is your Christmas shopping done, your holiday shopping?
1: Next question.
0: Okay. All right. On to the next <laughs> one. <laughs> you, what is your favorite? Uh, oh, oh. So we talked about this today in The Office. Have you watched the movie Klaus on Netflix? No. Oh, it is incredible! Yes, yes, it, it is. I've said this exact saying three times today, and this will be the fourth. It is non-negotiable. Great to watch, Klaus. and I'll is, do it. Good you, one. I you might, one. you might need a box of tissues next to you because it, it, you know, it, it's, it's heartwarming. It's a family and it's flick. So, is it? It's a family flick. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Yep. We can watch it yep. together
1: then. Great. Always need a good. Always need a good recommendation for a Christmas movie. Christmas time movie.
0: That that's exactly what you need. Klaus, Netflix. It'll it's animated, but it's not like old school animated. It's like new school, so it doesn't feel super animated. It's great. It's incredible. And mm. In. so I would In. highly Thank suggest. Thank you. That. I
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, if anyone else who's listening needs any recommendations, watch Klaus. By the way, we do look very like holiday festive, although. Listen, yeah, I win. Is, I have the mug. You have yeah. You do. I have the the water bottle.
1: Not even close. Not the
0: same? No.
1: I liked how all you right. described it before. It's like, I've got my Gotham green logo, and then yep. the inside yep. is the stealth black. There's yep. also, oop, there's the coffee.
0: <laughs> yep. And the uh, spotlight white. The spotlight white mug with the Gotham green accent. Oof.
1: I mean, it, it, I love how you describe it perfectly.
0: Do you go iced coffee in the winter at all, or you're always... Hot so coffee.
1: I usually do, I prefer iced coffee, but okay. my voice tends to like hot coffee better. Mm. My throat, what... my voice, the whole thing, you get that nice, those, the nice soothing tones, not like the, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the taste of yeah. cold coffee better.
0: <laughs> I, that is exactly why I drink tea because I, I, tea. I don't like coffee and I go tea.
1: Wish I liked tea. I just don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get it. it. It has to be a mint tea or an orange tea and i'm in other than that i'm way out like earl gray chamomile any of that stuff not not great for me got it so do you have any halftime questions or
1: well prompts? i guess i guess i would i want to know i mean your weekend is pretty open what are you going to do oh, yeah. because you know like that, you kind of got a like a question. like a great holiday gift right here's a weekend okay.
0: that that is a fantastic point i thank you very much for noticing that so, what I'm going to do is absolutely nothing. Perfect. Going, That's the best answer. It's going answer. to be great. That's yes.
1: the best answer.
0: So, Friday, it's supposed to rain all day. I will probably be in my apartment watching movies all day, not budging from the couch. Love it. Saturday, I will be baking a cake with my dad or Ooh, Sunday. what kind of cake? So, it is a nine, seven or nine layer chocolate cake with vanilla, like... It's a vanilla cake with chocolate frosting on it. And it's made, you're supposed to put it in the freezer so it forms. It's not a hot cake. It's not a room temperature cake. It is a cold chocolate vanilla cake. It is incredible. It's my favorite thing that, that we I'm gonna make. I'm going to
1: need to see a picture of this. So it sounds yeah, oh amazing. Yeah.
0: It is incredible. And it is a family recipe that's been handed down probably like two generations now. I love that. And yeah. And my dad uses like his grandmother's uh, hand mixer. That looks like a hogwarts train from the front. And when you plug it in, it sounds like uh, and then it slowly like starts to get going and then the egg beater love starts it. to yeah. Love it. Oh yeah. It, it's it's a it's a family tradition at this point. I love and that. And then other than that, nothing. Football, cake, and movies. It's a, yeah. a great weekend. I yeah. Unfortunately I would ask you what you're gonna do, but I think you're just gonna tell me that you're gonna work.
1: Yep. We have two game day mornings. We have Saturday game day morning and Sunday game day morning. So I will be game day morning ing ing. ing. Yeah, that
0: Mm -hmm. sounds good. Game day morning ing. Yep.
1: Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Twice.
0: Twice. And so does that mean that you don't have to get anybody gifts other than your coworkers because you won't be seeing them or you're still on the hook for that? Still on the hook. Yeah. Tough. So when are you going to do like a gift exchange? Monday?
1: Usually it's like like here and there, stop by, blah blah blah. Luckily my family will be will all be here so they okay. can help coordinate. It's a lot of work,
0: you know. <laughs> it's tough. And <laughs> most importantly, have you purchased something for Gordy?
1: Yes. Actually, and <laughs> Gordy is done with his Christmas shopping. Gordy got the entire family matching matching PJs.
0: Wow. Gordy so knows bandana. what's up. To his yeah. bandana. Yeah, G- Gordy knows. Gordy knows. Gordy's like quickly immersed himself into the Freeland family here.
1: I mean, he's really cute. So he is
0: really cute. He's so cute.
1: He just ate my shoe earlier this morning, but other than that, he's very he,
0: cute. well. Maybe, maybe he wanted some hand-fed peanut butter-covered kibble, and instead, he's like, you know what, Mom, I'll I'm take eat her your shoe. shoe. I'm gonna eat yeah. your
1: shoe instead. You know.
0: I don't think we can top that. So we're going to have to move out of halftime right into the third quarter. Let's talk about the Jets defense a little more. Sauce Gardner, like not really seeing targets, Cynthia. He was not targeted, I believe, a single time against the Detroit Lions. And Robert Sala is like, hey, he's going to have to talk to Richard Sherman about that kind of stuff because that's what happens when you're a good player. Yep. How rare is it for someone who's a rookie to not be thrown at?
1: Um. Quite rare. I think yeah. you have a massive advantage in the league, especially right now, if you have a corner who even is pretty good. In fact, right now, PFF rates Sauce as the number one corner in the entire, not number one among rookies, number one period, full stop, whatever. And his coverage grade is the highest by, I don't even know what they're, are they, they're not percentage points, but by several Number grades? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. He's, several he's, points? He's,
0: I don't know what Several call points. It.
1: We'll say points, right? So at the end of the day, when you're looking at coverage, their coverage, then I look at my computer vision. And the cool thing that I came up with with Windshare is you get credit for not being thrown at. Meaning, hmm. you know, like it'd be nice to be like he was thrown at 85 times and only allowed seven yards in coverage. Well, that's great. But you know what's even better? We won't throw to you. So if you're on our best guy, Amon Ross A. Brown, we won't throw to him. You know why? We don't want to deal with you. We're actually going to be smart and not not do that, not do that to ourselves. So that was actually – so when you look to see his win share ranking, I mean, it'd be hard – you'd be hard-pressed to, to convince me anyone else should be your defensive rookie of the year. You'd be really hard-pressed.
0: Period. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Robert Sala said something similar in his um, – in our – Coaches interview every week for that airs on, or the interview airs on CBS every Sunday morning at seven thirty in the morning on the East Coast. So, so if you're on the West Coast, four thirty in the morning my time. Yeah, I was going to say, make sure to just look at the archive on NewYorkJets.com or no, YouTube. I look at all the archives. The I'm
1: just not going to watch it live. I love you, yeah, but that's I'm, not gonna, I'm actually that's up then. I'm up then, but I got to go to work.
0: <laughs> you're up at four thirty in the morning on Sunday.
1: Every Sunday, I have to be into the office by then, so I'm. Driving through Englewood, scared, but I'm good.
0: Okay. All right. Well, on that note, in terms of this Jets defense for this week, like obviously every aspect of defense is important. Is there a specific matchup or a specific player for the Jets that maybe should be a little more in focus this week?
1: Uh, I mean, look, that the front, I want to know if – Quentin Williams is playing. I mean Bryce Huff did really well. He had a 33.3% individual pressure rate last game, mm-hmm. which is great. A third of dropbacks and of course the team overall 30.4 and rarely using five pass rushers. So I think that's going to be the to me the key is what is this defensive line doing both against the run and against the pass because I told you those outside runs have been absolutely key to getting play action going and minus 55 that's the Jets number the amount of rushing yards over expected allowed so it's rushing yards under expected by 55 which is the best in the league from week one from the jump they've been great at it so that's to me the the defensive line is really the key factor here because if if they because that changes everything for the options we talked about the optionality that trevor lawrence has and it changes the options completely if he's under pressure true pressure Or if he's, you know, if his receivers are blanketed. So when I'm looking at this one, it's like, what is that line doing and how are they stopping the run?
0: And Travis Etienne, like he's so shifty. I mean, even going back to his days at Clemson, like that was his thing is he's fast, he's shifty. And I feel like the rapport or the reports from all the draft analysts were like, you know what? We'll see how he is in between the tackles and that'll determine how good of a player he is. And so far, especially last week, Travis Etienne coming off of a good game where he had 19 carries, 103 yards, did not score, and then also had 24 yards through the air. But let's move to the fourth quarter, Jags defense, because this is an interesting unit, I think. Rayshon Jenkins had hell of a game, the safety. He led the team with 18 tackles, which is ridiculous. He had two interceptions that game. And then Foye Alouakon, the former Atlanta Falcon, is a tackling machine. He had 14 last week. He's had at least 14 in like four or five straight games. He leads the NFL in tackles. Is this a defense that has good players and is underperforming, or or like what's the story there? I think,
1: I mean, when, I, when I'm when i charting that game and looking at it, the first thing I notice is I think that the Cowboys may be over. So with, with Smith coming back, with Tyron Smith coming back, I think they maybe overestimated their game plan, meaning mm. they've been good with the run, they but they didn't stop doing things when they didn't work. So that's always a strange one for me, right? Like, what is that definition of insanity Is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? So, it like, it's not that I don't want to give credit to... The, the safety will, will give all the credit, but the tackling in the middle, part of that was a little bit weird not not weird but it was a little bit like okay well this isn't working but we're just gonna keep doing it and doesn't always work i know they were scoring points and it was just an interesting one but sometimes you have to make decisions that are going to limit the number of possessions your opponent gets and those decisions were not being made like you know not throwing shade but a a little bit of shade like just it didn't make sense so there were some things that were a bit nonsensical that were done there Mm -hmm. so I love those numbers for the defense. They did what they they responded to what they were given and that's exactly what the defense needs to do. But often what the Jags don't do well is they typically don't adjust in second halves to teams quite as well. So the the Cowboys were unable to exploit that fact from them, right? So that's kind of I think maybe they were like, "Oh, we got our left tackle back. We are good. Good to go. No you mm-hmm. know, no need to adjust." But I, I mean perhaps it was an underest they underestimated it because they looking ahead to the you know to the Eagles I don't I don't know what the, I, I'm not in their heads but I did see some some things that I wouldn't expect to happen in this game based right. on what I've seen this offense do the adjustments they've been able to make in game and how second halves look you know a, a lot more favorable than first if something isn't working
0: it feels like the jags have, a lot of like a handful of pieces on defense and like recognizable names. Foyer Luakan, I mentioned him, Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker, two first round rookies. My, my guy Falaranzo Farukasi. We love Ever-Jet. We love Foley. We do love Foley. And mm-hmm. who else? Um there was someone oh, Josh Allen you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like, this might sound like a this might not be an answerable question. Maybe it is. Who is the Jags best player on defense?
1: Um like, I, I would, I honestly, it'd be hard to say it's not Josh Allen
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because he's been pretty consistent. We've seen some inconsistencies from some of the other players that have been a little strange. And their secondary, though they ha- just coming off a game with two interceptions, their secondary, I told you, you have a b- massive advantage if you have a very good corner. They could use an advantage like that, right? Like, th- like they'll be in good shape drafting next year because they won't need the quarterback and they have some good pieces mm-hmm. there. But the the coverage situation is a bit different. I mean, you know, the like I like I said, CD Lamb at the intermediate level was pretty wide open, and you know, so I, their secondary is where I'm like, hmm, interesting, right? So that could be an area to exploit for Garrett Wilson. It's a
0: it's a great point. And I just want to mention, like for Jets fans, Josh Allen's been the most consistent Jacksonville Jaguar defender over the past one four years since he was drafted yep. in 2019. Mm-hmm. That's when he had his best okay. year. Yeah, he had ten and a half sacks in 2019. Then he had two and a half. He was hurt that year; only played in eight games. Yep. He had seven and a half last year, and he had five this year. So I, all this to say, Josh Allen is a very good player. But it doesn't feel like he's a game wrecker that, that, like in terms of the NFL standards. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Of course, Like no. if you're going to let somebody like this wreck the game, he'll wreck the game. But he's not a consistent totally. game record over the course of an 18-week, 17-game season. So with that being said, let's just wrap with this then. Obviously, we talked about this earlier, about this being like a do-or-die game for the Jets, playoff implications for both teams. Yep. Jacksonville is within a game of Tennessee – of the division now with Tennessee being seven and seven. What is the Jets recipe for success against the Jacksonville Jaguars this Thursday night at MetLife stadium?
1: Slow possessions, slow grinding. I mean, look, it's not sexy, but you know, get the chunk plays where you need it, but don't need to rely on chunk plays to get the win. Exploit the secondary with smart plays eat up time off the clock because I love the Jets defense. Let me be clear. I think the Jets have an awesome defense, but you know what? Trevor Lawrence is also pretty darn good. And like, it's much better to have control of the ball possession. Like the, it doesn't sound sexy, but the the highest probability like a way to win football games Mm -hmm. in the NFL is to run the ball, to possess the ball or use your, your run game efficient or short game efficiently, efficiently. Like it doesn't need to be running specifically. It'd be shorter passes, but you know, non-stopping clock situations and have an, expert defensive front that can pressure the pants off of the other quarterback. So you're not allowing them to pass the ball effectively. That's the like the time honored best way to get wins. Most highest probability way to earn wins is to have that formula. So the jets have it. And that's that, that would be the smartest. And by the way, I wrote an article like w- NFL.com. I, we, we do like teams on the bubble and both teams this game switches things from like maybe 30 40 30s and 40s percent chance of creating a playoff run to like 60s so the mm-hmm. one it's kind of winning you're in this this is basically like a a play in game right like you know the march madness tournament this is like the tuesday <laughs> game you know like this is this is a this is an important one
0: yeah this is a week it feels like a week 16 win and in situation based mm-hmm. on the probabilities that you just laid out and for the jets they they've been saying all the players we have to win out. We have to win out. We don't want another team to to dictate our destiny. So the Jets have to take care of business. That starts Thursday night in week 16 at MetLife Stadium as the Jets will be rocking the Stealth Black on Stealth Black on Stealth Black outfit. I the love us-
1: that. Listen, the yeah. Green's my favorite. Gotham Green is like the coolest and the best, but like the Black on a Thursday night, ooh, ooh, yep. ooh. It's yep. getting juicy in here. I like it.
0: Yeah, yep. Uh, as the... CEO and owner of the Jets tweeted, "Night mode is activated for week Gotham? 16." Yep. it's
1: very Batman of them. Very, very. Ooh, it Batman.
0: is. It is very Batman.
1: Very but Gotham. I, I, that's
0: a hot button debate, though, because supposedly, and I'm sorry if this is gonna like burst somebody's bubble. Supposedly, Batman was filmed in Chicago, but everyone thinks Gotham is New York. So this is, this is perplexing.
1: Gotham. This Green, is kind of like. It's a-
0: Wait, wait. So do you think that Gotham is New York or Chicago?
1: Gotham is New York. I mean, okay. and and All just right. because they they probably filmed in Chicago because there was like it was like cheaper or something like it cleared the streets more <laughs> easily. Right. Like New York is <laughs> yeah. a really busy place. Like you're going to have to spend a lot more money to get. So I think they were smart. Right. Like film in Chicago, call it New York. Who cares? You're good.
0: And New Yorkers, just you know, they work smarter. They do work hard, but they also got to work smarter. So they, they say, you know what? Me. They said, we're taking our set to Chicago because it's cheaper and thank you very much for the memories, but Gotham is New York. Cynthia, the former Chicago native, Chicago, Chicagoan, is that what I was a
1: Chicago, Chicagoan, I was a Chicagoan for a long time, but I think like all my New York friends would be like, we like it. It's a baby New York. And you're like second you, city. You're, you're, you're our
0: that? Chicagoan though, you know, like you're, you're the podcast Chicagoan because it's It's sure not me. And if you're saying that it's in New York, that Gotham is in New York, that's what we're going with because you won't hear me complain about
1: it. Nobody, you pull like you know anyone, even in Chicago, be like, is Gotham Chicago? They'd be like, no. What are you talking about? No.
0: Gotham, New York, okay? The Jets need this game. That's how we wrap up the Game Preview Podcast. Cynthia, I know that you have some work on your hands with the gift shopping. Good luck with that. I hope you have a wonderful holiday, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Happy holidays. Enjoy your cake and the football. It's going to be great.